Well, we're two episodes down and there's still a little bit of work to be done with Stevie J. When you put the earpiece in, you meant to put that clip at the back there. You put it actually on, 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 your, on your collar. Sorry, Nathan, I'm first That's year. okay. I'm you just, knew. I'm, I'm just you the knew. apprentice. And you know, I've never worked with two guys that have chemistry quite like this. How do you think they're going to cope against the Blues in particular, a couple of superstar forwards? <laughs> What have I done? You took my lines. I, I was going to talk about Tom Stewart. And oh, he just stole it. Well, let's see how we go this week. Not in the back pocket. Hello and welcome to In The Back Pocket, proudly brought to you by Sportsbet. I am Jay Clark and I think they call that television craft or an absolute lack of. We have a cracking round three ahead of us. Collingwood is a new premiership favourite. Nick Dacos is the equal Brownlow medal favourite. A few teams feeling nervous already. A man who is never nervous, played for the Western Bulldogs and Richmond. It's Nathan Brown. Hello, Brownie. Clarky, thank you very much. Hey, just a bit of feedback. Yeah. You've started great. The first thank two you. weeks have been outstanding. Yeah. But your questions, they, they can drag on a little bit. And long. just, we're the stars here. Just, just keep them sharp, okay. keep them succinct. And I get that, okay. that feedback came from my mum who watches everything I right. do. She's yes. got a shrine at home. She loves you, Jay. She said, Jay's doing a fantastic job. I like Stevie J, yes. but just tell him to shorten his questions up. <laughs> That's fair enough. Thank you, uh, Brownie. A bit like Manny Richardson. Get out of your way. Now, Steve Johnson dominated for Geelong and uh, GWS, of course. I think your most ever goals was seven in a game. I think your most ever dumplings might have been 17. How are you, Stevie J? I'm good, thanks, Jay. Uh, yeah, seven a couple of times, actually. A couple just, of times. Just two. <laughs> Only two. How many times do you do it, Nate? Three. Oh. Yeah. Did you really? What's your most? Seven. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. have been too many goal assists in those games. No, not at all. When I saw the sticks, it was going. The day oh. I kicked seven, I gave off ten as well. <laughs> no, you didn't. I, I need to see facts. When you come out with these statements... It's, it's I, the, it'll be a record that will never be broken, Nath. Ten goal assists in a game. We need to go to champion <laughs> data on that one to see if we can find a bit of truth serum. Hey, you guys have been fantastic over the first two weeks of the show. Really enjoyed uh, what you what you've brought. And you caught the um, attention of one of the most informed senior coaches in the game. Ross Lyon, we found out, is a big fan of the show. Or is he? This is from Triple M on Sunday. But I did, you know, I had the unfortunate experience of watching In the Back Pocket this morning. <laughs> <laughs> very That's good. It's a poor man's Sunday rub, isn't it? Like, you blokes. Yeah. That was very good. I love a dumpling too, Stevie. I probably nailed 15, not 12. Yeah, you better get down to Old Faithfuls in Wangaratta there, Rossi. They're bloody good dumplings. Probably could nail a couple of dumplings, Rossi. But nice, he's, nice he's watching. I can't so believe he's watching. Got the well, big game on Sunday. And yeah, clearly he yeah. must be uh, delegating a little bit more to his assistants because <laughs> that's, that's Sunday morning after a big game. Normally the senior coaches, mm. you know, he's got to do maybe five hours worth of coding. So yeah. he yeah. must be just yeah. passing the coding. I don't think he codes. Yeah. And I think Ross codes. Lenny Hayes, the poor, mm. poor blokes. And we have been calling him Cuddly Ross, haven't we? I think that top is a double XL, so he certainly is very we walk, cuddly. We worked with him for three years on Triple M and he couldn't figure out the, the, the headphones, let alone coding a football game. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing oh, oh, he's doing a bloody good job, whatever he's doing. So. Uh, he, he certainly is. And uh, some, some banter we had early in uh, episode one. There was, you guys are very competitive, obviously, and we're talking about who might have been the better dual-sided player or who kicked more goals on their um, non-dominant foot. Let's take a listen. I do have two sides of my body, not like you. You only have the left, you only have the left foot, mate. Here we go. Oh, you kicked on the right and the left. Oh, I, I reckon like I kicked a lot of my right goals. I reckon I might have more than you. I might get some stats on that, Jay. 
Well, we did that. We went to the uh, stats people <laughs> at Champion Data. We delved into the archives and have a look at this because we're going to try and find out who did kick the more goals on their non-dominant side. And Brownie, well, <laughs> you're so old that actually didn't keep that stat because you finished up in 2009. But Stevie J from 2010. That is pretty impressive. 50 out of 213, that's pretty impressive. So we had some issues with our maths before the show on this, <laughs> but that means one in five goals, Stevie, were on your, on your left foot, so you liked it on your left? Yeah, I did. Uh, but I guess that, uh, that stat is a little bit um, skewed because you don't kick set shots on your non-dominant foot either, so it's probably more than one in five in general play. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we just checked overall, mate. We couldn't, we couldn't go into that. Anyway, you were you were too old to get the stats. No, I was. No, so I was. A long time, long time have, ago, Nath. We might have to go to that. But I tell you what, I don't agree with those stats. I'm going to get vision, so I, I don't need to to, to tell me. I, I don't go back to 2009. I'm going to bring vision for you next week. I'm going to bring vision for you, and you're going to play it. Yeah, I look forward to that. Will it be in black and white? Do you think? Oh, we got <laughs> colour TV back yeah. then. Just kidding, Brownie. That was a good one. Hey, it's time for some big big calls. It is. Are you sure? <laughs> Now, the first one is for you, Stevie Johnson. We talked a lot about Luke Jackson, Brodie Grundy. That's the big recruits in last year's trade period. Are you sure Tom Mitchell won't be the recruit of the year, given his start at Collingwood? Uh, I think he's going very well. Uh, his contested possessions, his clearance numbers are right up, and he's getting the ball out to the likes of Dacos and those kind of uh, players on the outside. But uh, I also think that Will Settlefeld is going a little bit under the ra- radar. Is he, is he a new player? <laughs> he's a new recruit. He's a new recruit. He had 28 possessions and a goal in Essendon's win on the weekend and yep. went to Took Miller. And, uh, His name's Setter Field. Set of, I, actually, I actually I spent two years with him too at the Giants. Settlefeld. Hey, he's Will. a good kid. I love him. Settlefeld. Settlefeld. Yeah. I think the uh, trade was for a future fourth round pick, so that is peanuts. Hey, Brownie, time for you. Luke Davies, Uniaki, hasn't he started the season well? You yeah. go back to the 2017 draft. Do you think he'll be the number one player. Are you sure he won't be the number one player from that uh, draft pool? Well, at the moment, I still think he's behind Brayshaw. So really? I, I think Bra- he's behind Brayshaw. Brayshaw had a fantastic year last year. Davies Uniac has played two great games to start this year. So the other players in consideration are Aaron Norton, who got taken pick nine. Tom DeConing taken pick 30. Mm. So you have to think that Aaron Norton still right up there. Yep. Brayshaw, for me, still number one, but can't, can't Deny Davies Uniac's coming with a with a bullet. Has he got more tricks than Brayshaw? Uh, I definitely got more tricks than Brayshaw, yeah. but is, is uh, c- consistent over the next five or six years. Brayshaw, I think, is going to be a great player. Davies Uniac, he looks headed for all Australian, if you ask me. Now, what about this controversy in country footy this week, Stevie J? Wangaratta stripped of their 2022 last year's premiership flag. There's the boys celebrating it there over some salary cap cheating. It was a really strong stance from the Ovens and Murray Footy League. Are you sure that is a fair penalty? I'm not sure uh, because I, I'm not aware of the ins and outs of the situation. All I know is everyone at the club, you know, their players, their supporters would be devastated to yep. have been stripped, the, stripped of the flag. So, um, you know, as a coach coming into the competition, now I'm just a little bit wary of them, you know. Mm. Where, where is the brown paper bags yes, lying all around no, the no, Stinging their tail, 
coming back uh, yeah. the following year. So, Are you sitting um, there going, where's my brown paper bag? <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, where was Frank Costa? Yeah. <laughs> back, you know, in the... back in those glory days when we were all playing for a couple hundred less than what we should have been. Yes. Yeah. Where, were the, where were the paper bags? Yeah. Just one every now and then. <laughs> I reckon Carlton plays. Well, I won't say that, but no. <laughs> I'll, get, did, I'll get in trouble. Did you ever uh, pay for your fruit at Costa's Fruit Supply? Maybe a few extra apples in your basket on a weekend. Hey, um, serious one, <laughs> Brownie. Extra apples a few a- apples. <laughs> Which, yeah, the fruit business, didn't he? Down yeah, he did. Yeah. Free fruit, I'm sure. Yeah. Hey, um, no, it's good. Been big story. Western Bulldogs, Brownie, now you're trying to put me off. Luke Beveridge, are you sure Luke Beveridge is the right man for the people at the kennel? I'm starting to think that maybe change is needed. So Luke Beveridge got into a grand final, they won a grand final. They went back, dropped back down a little bit, got back, played in the grand final a couple of years ago against Melbourne. Yep. And now I worry that they can't defend through the midfield. They've gone top heavy in the forward half, mm. top heavy in the back half. They can't defend in the midfield. So for me, it's a game style at the moment, which Luke Beveridge is responsible for. Uh, I think it's going to be a long year for the Bulldogs. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of pressure, I'm sure, throughout 2023. We're talking a lot about Nick Dacos. Can you believe it? In his second year, equal Brownlow medal favourite. Could he take out the league's most coveted individual prize? But are you sure, Stevie J, there isn't a bit of value in this market now, considering his shot to the front? Yeah, I'm sure he started the season well. We talk about players in, in their uh, careers having second-year blues. He's certainly having none of that. He's, yep. uh, he's going so well. But will he tire as the, as the season progresses and teams get after him? They're going to have to do something to change the, uh, the way he's going about it. I see value in someone like Callum Mills at Sydney. I think he's around 26 to 1. Um, he would have got the three votes guaranteed on the weekend and he just accumulates the ball since he's moved into the midfield and gets forward and kicks goals. Very good. Uh, Brownie, we talked a lot about Luke Jackson last year, earning $800,000 a year at Fremantle. We yep. believe it's a bumper deal. Are you sure this blockbuster contract is going to be worth it? Well, it doesn't look like it at the moment, but it's obviously a long-term play for the Fremantle Dockers. They're paying him on potential talent. So similar to the Tom Boyd one, where the Western Bulldogs paid him a million dollars on pure talent. Mm. Um, I'm not sure it works out long-term at 800 a year. I think in a few years' time, they're going to be hamstrung by that salary cap. Um, I still think they've got to figure out where's his best place to play, because Mm. at the moment, they've got two Ruckman. Uh, Does he play forward? At the moment, the deal doesn't work, but it's two games in, so it's very early to tell. Sean Darcy, already at Fremantle, number one ruck. I'd be trying there. to get him out of there. Who? Anyone? Any any club. I'd be trying to get Darcy out of Fremantle. It's very good. That's are you sure? I'll tell you what, the game around this weekend, no doubt about that. Friday night at the MCG, going to be packed house, 80,000, 90,000 there. Collingwood versus Richmond, of course, Magpies flying high. But Brownie, Richmond without four key players. We know Dustin Martin, no Nathan Broad, Jaden Short out with a cuff, and Jay- Jacob Hopper uh, with a knee issue. Mm. It's like a huge challenge for the Tigers in this one. They're big players to be out. Um, Jaden Short's one of their, probably their best kick mm. off half back, and they lose Broad. And I, I think Broad's such an important player. Third man in when they need a job done, Broad goes and does that job. Collingwood have got so many goal scoring options at the moment. Mason mm. Cox obviously mightn't be playing, but I, I feel like they miss. Nathan Broad more than any of those other players. That includes Dustin Martin, who's a wonderful player, but he's sort of he's on the back end of his career now. So I just can't see those four players out. 
how they go near Collingwood. Mm. Their, their running capacity last week was tested against Adelaide in the third quarter. Adelaide should have blown them away. Mm. Richmond shouldn't have won that game. They, they steadied late. But Collingwood's running capacity, I just don't see how Richmond get near them. Yeah, how impressed are you by the Pies so far, John? I mean, it just looks like you're going to have to kick 100 points every week to beat them. They've got such scoring power. Yeah, I'm just not sure if uh, Craig McRae is getting the credit he deserves in terms of his strategy. Mm. Uh, I think... Everyone talks about him, you listen to him, he's so calm, he looks like a great man manager, but um, he's got them playing a game style that attracts fo- people to the football, attracts people from other clubs to want to watch Collingwood play. So um, oh, they're brimming with confidence. I expect them to go on and, and win this game as well. And will it attract players, not only fans to the game, will it want to attract the players to come and play for Collingwood? They're the party pies, it looks like a great environment, super fit. I think there'll be big players in this year's trade period as well. They've never um, been able to get the big players though, have they? All of a sudden that might be changing. They've been a wonderful big club for a long, long time, but they've never been able to get that big recruit. Yep. And I reckon maybe at the end of this season yep. they'll go after a big one. Only question mark, you mentioned Cox out with a bruised, bruised rib or crack, not a cracked rib. Um, He's got a corky. He got, got a hematoma. He got a corky. Some internal bleeding. Hematoma sounds bad. Does. It's a corky, yeah? <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> Very tough. He caught, caught one in the ribs. And Brady Majek uh, doubts with a dislocated finger. We'll keep an eye on that in the last hour when the lead up to the big game. The next one isn't this massive as well. Bulldogs versus Brisbane. We touched on Luke Beveridge uh, before under the pump, but he has made a big change, Stevie, in this one. Been talking about all summer the four talls Sam Darcy, Jamari Eagle Hagen, Roy Lobb, Aaron Norton, of course, but they've dropped. Sam Darcy, big change, back to three uh, key tools and uh, only round three. What do you make of that? Yeah, I think uh, just on the back of Brownie's point, um, you know, they need to be better defensively. So they're probably thinking we need to take a tall out so at least when we get the ball inside 50, we can uh, Mm. put on a a little bit more pressure and buy a bit bit more time for our midfielders to uh, cover the exits. Arthur Jones, he comes in, small forward, very pace. He's going to be electric in the forward 50 to provide some of that tackle pressure. What about Josh Dunkley, Um, Brownie? We talked about him a lot last year. Is it clear now just how important he was to the Bulldogs and how big a hole he leaves? Because he's been very good at Brisbane. And as you touched on, that that, that Bulldogs midfield has so far failed to fire in 2023. Yeah, they'll go after him too. I'd imagine they'll, he'll get booed and yep. uh, first game playing against the Bulldogs happened to me many years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they sent Matthew Boyd to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Boyd, he couldn't do the job, they sent Murph <laughs> to me. Um, and at the end of the day, um, I'd had 30 and kicked three at the MCG in my first game against the Dogs. So I was happy. The only reason so, I didn't get the three votes is Richo kicked 10, which I was disappointed so about. So what about Dunkley? Look, Dunks wasn't as good a kick as what I was either, so he won't hurt them around the ground as much. But oh, they've got a good midfield, oh. Brisbane. I can't see the Bulldogs winning this game, Brisbane for me. They, they're plotters through the midfield at the moment, the Dogs. They, they, they are slow through the midfield. Yep. Anyone with any toe? is Bailey Smith. Yep. Arthur Jones doesn't help that because he's probably going to play half forward, yep. um, that small forward role, but they are plotters. Yes, uh, very good, Brownie. Also, Josh Dunkley, the Bulldogs' best defensive midfielder. I'm not sure what you are brought to the... Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, very good. Now, we like to keep it uh, accountable on this show, of course, with In The Bin, uh, which is coming up uh, right now, in fact. So this is where um, we're going to go to the break, actually. Come back. (laughs) I stuffed that up. I turned over the page, Brownie, and it was the wrong one. We're going to go to a break and then come back with some accountability on In The Bin. This is In The Back Pocket, proudly brought to you by Sportsbet. Welcome back to In The Bin, and unlike Brownie's Malcolm segment, 
we're still yet to be canned. I couldn't give a rat's toss bag. Jay Clark, you've been a great addition to the team so far. Just don't spell his name wrong. Roll the tape. It's tough to accept when my name is in the paper most days for the part, best part of 20 years. If there was ever an example of a head wobble, that was it. That's in the bin. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Jay-Z. Jay-Z, everyone knows me as Jay-Z now. Stevie J, you mentioned liniment sniffers last week. <laughs> it's when the, the people come in and the, you know, the boys have all got the, the oil on their legs and they just get it, love getting in the rooms and having a little bit of smell of the, the liniment. I've never heard of liniment sniffers. That's in the bin. Hey yo, what the f Brownie, I've already mentioned your Malcolm segment from last week. Dr. Terry Sanderson, he's 76 years of age, Dr. Terry Sanderson. Mm. He's quite fine at this point, Dr. Sanderson. The text messages come back to Dr. Sanderson. Clarko seems pretty interested. <laughs> We're not sure if the Malcolm will return again next week. <laughs> Brownie, you said you didn't know who I was. I keep receipts. Roll that footage. The Alpha Clarkson cut out to get now. These Amazing two guys, Tommy and Julia, and Cheats, and they're uh, a couple of, uh, couple of funny guys. Just a reminder, you're all on thin ice. Especially you, Brownie. <laughs> very, Not bad by Cheats. Yes, very I've got good. his name now. Yes. But little did he know on the Sunday footy show that morning before I threw to that, I had to ring Michael Wall, who used to work at Sportsbet, to get his name. He didn't know him. <laughs> no, I did. I he joked. introduced but, himself last week. Yeah. Did he? Yeah, cheats. Pretty yeah. easy to remember. Cheat, cheat. Yeah, so we've been very good on this show, Stevie, but that segment, Malcolm, that did go for about nine minutes, didn't it? Like that we both fell asleep. I'm glad it hasn't come back. Sometimes it's right. Yeah. Sometimes they don't work. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Yes. It's a Malcolm will be back, though, because it's really? a good stinger. Okay. We can't throw out the stinger. Yeah. I'll be back. Yeah. You happy to give it yeah. another go? Yeah. yeah. One, more, one more. One yeah. more. One more. Let, All right. Let's if it doesn't land. <laughs> Five minutes, preferably. <laughs> Brownie, we've got to move on. Uh, this is time for, it is time for Would You Rather. And this week, we're going to compare some champion players. Now, Would You Rather, you saw those two absolute greats on screen. Yep. Darren Jarman versus Peter Dacos, the father of Nick and Josh, of course. Boys, Would You Rather, the magic of Dacos, or the excellence of Jarman? Who are you picking in this battle? Well, I got to the phone too Dacos. late because he claimed him because of, oh, Peter's my hero. So <laughs> off you go. Well, he was. He's my childhood hero. I love watching Dakes play. I was a Collingwood supporter, but um, he was just, he just brought people through the gates, didn't he? I mean, he kicked uh, 97 goals in their uh, 1990 flag, wow. flag year, uh, two BNFs, close to 550 goals. So 549 goals. Yeah. Pretty good player to kick over 500, mate. Yeah. I don't know if there's only one of us on this table that's done that. But, um, uh, yeah, so you see the stats there. I mean, he was just unbelievable. Five-time leading goal kicker at Collingwood. He was the, the big show in town back in his day. Did you practice his tricks, his goals? I did. I used to uh, get it, get out in the front yard uh, and just do Dacos, bananas, snaps. Yep. He only had the one side of the body, but that's all he needed. Because yeah, he, he, he had an okay anything. left foot. Don't worry, Dacos had it, but I'm, I'm going to stop you there because Darren Jarman, I want to look at the premierships column right there. Ooh. That is three. The yep. 1991 one, that can cancel out the 1990 because Jarman did bugger all in the 1991 grand final <laughs> out at Waverley. I was there, I watched it that day. Yeah. The 97-98, yep. I will say that he single-handedly won those premierships for Adelaide. So if he doesn't play, yep. Adelaide don't win those two flags, yeah. which off his own boot, in a grand final, I know you're a Norm Smith medal, but <laughs> you're 119 points up. Pretty easy to get a kick that day. Uh, he won two flags for him, yeah. uh, and he won two prelims for him. So we played against them the former week in the prelim. He kicked four in the last quarter in the prelim leading into the 97. So for me, I wanted to go Dacos, but I've got Jarman. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm pumping up Jarman, uh, but I'm gonna go. Yeah. So, 
if you played 18 v 18 across the field, so 18 Jarmans, 18 Dacosses, are you still going Dacos? I'd like to preface it too by saying I love watching Jarman. He <laughs> was a gun. That, those, that 97 and 98 were the two first, the two grand finals I first ever went to. So mm. uh, it was unbelievable to watch him play. Kick 11. However, if you're asking that question, 18 v 18, it's got to be Dacos because he had, he's just got more speed. More run. Uh, he, he was a midfielder before he actually went forward. So and kicked out of the goal. He was a gun midfielder. Jarman was a cinnamon when he played at Hawthorne. He was a cinnamon for a long time. Yeah, so he, he stayed in the centre because he yeah. couldn't run. <laughs> he, he was unbelievable in a contest. Yep. And then if you went and moved him forward, he was hard to beat in a 1v1. Jarman had good sample stats as well. We're going to bring those sample the, stats up. The players that played with Jarman say that he, had, he was premiership. the best kick. He's another best and fair. And the years. best person to lead to that they've ever yeah. Uh, yeah. had. You talk of Dunstall and those guys kicked a lot of goals. They, the they would want to lead to Jarman. In Darren Jarman's kicking was the weight of it. So a lot of blokes get the ball and they want to kick it as hard as they can, drill it in. He's just to weight it and he used to run into it and mark it yeah. quite comfortably. Is he the best kick of all time? Is that how you go? Well, behind Stevie, obviously. Of yeah. I, I can recall being in in the box with John Longmire when I was at the Swans, and and if someone went for a kick, you know, went tr tried to bite off more than they could chew, mm. and stuffed it up, and it goes down the other end of the game. Oh. <laughs> He thinks he's Darren Jarman. Yes. <laughs> Very good. We want to tap in. The more of those uh, horse Longmire comments uh, over the course of the year on the back pocket. I liked it, guys. Nice start. Would you rather? And what about this game, St Kilda versus Essendon? Two of the biggest surprise packets of the year. Both teams uh, two and zero, of course. Stevie, which team have you been more impressed by so far? Uh, probably St Kilda, Jay. I'm yep. not sold on Essendon. I think um, you know everyone's up and about. Their supporters are up and about, and so they should be. Beaten uh, Hawthorne and Gold Coast. And, that's right, Nathan. Took uh, uh, they've beaten those two two sides, yep. and, and I thought you know against the Gold Coast, it took a lot for them to overcome the Gold Coast. Mm -hmm. um, I think the way that St Kilda will bring the heat, they'll bring the intensity. Ross Lyon coach teams, yep. strong defensively. Mm. Uh, they'll give something to Essendon that they haven't experienced before this year, and that's why I think they'll be too good for them. St Kilda's defensive system, I mean, typical yeah. Ross Lyon, Blueprint, Brownie. No Jack Steele very good. is a bit of an issue for them, but I thought the difference between St Kilda's two games were the defensive as aspect were perfect both weeks, but against yep. the Bulldogs, when they got the ball, they really ran and they really created opportunities. Against Fremantle, they were a bit stagnant, but mm -hmm. last year, last week was great. So the question mark I've got for the Bombers is no Peter Wright, so who kicks their goals? I know Langford, Langford kicked five last week, he's still but up. I can guarantee you, Wilkie goes to him. Now, he's not going to kick five on Wilkie. I think Wilkie's the best one-on-one -on -one defender in the competition right now. Mm. Um, so who kicks the goals? That is the big question for the Bombers going into this game. Yeah, and, and Zach Merritt's defensive ability being very good. I'm thinking he looks to me like an All-Australian player this year. Do you think he's got that in him this season? I've he's got, got it in him every yeah. season, yeah. just yep. whether he can longevity over the course of 23 weeks. Yep. I've definitely the seen go. a shift. There's been a shift in, in the way that those guys defend the ground. And he's dropped. Yeah, I, don't, I, I wouldn't put them up there with the top teams, but mm -hmm. I can definitely see that they're thinking about their defence yep. when the ball's left their area, where in the in the past they would be ball-watching, mm. and if the opposition won it back, bang, straight yep. back through them. In They'd miss the opportunity to get turnovers. Mm, credit to Brad Scott. Who are you tipping in a word? The Bombers just, it's going to be tight. 
Jack Steele worries me being out. Yeah, very tight, but the Saints for me. Very good. I tell you what, there's a massive game over there in Adelaide. It's a showdown. Biggest game of the year at Adelaide Oval for these two clubs. Port Adelaide got absolutely trounced by Collingwood and uh, Adelaide uh, beaten by Richmond uh, last week. So both clubs desperately need a win. What are you thinking in this one, Browning? Port Adelaide just have to win this game. Yep. Um, round one, they were outstanding. Mm. Round one, they did everything possible. And then we saw some edits last week of Horn Francis. And not only Horn Francis, but it was their midfield that refused to man up, refused to put any pressure on Collingwood. They started the game well, three goals all, and it looked like a great game. But yep. then from that point on, it was like a different Port Adelaide side that yep. played against Brisbane in the first 20 minutes against Collingwood. So, so they need to get that back, and they'd have to for the for the showdown. Todd Marshall, for me, mm. looms large. So his last six games at Adelaide Oval, he's kicked 4-4, 2-2, 4-4. Four, four, two, two, four, four. Yep. So he loves playing there. And the good thing about Marshall is when he gets it, yeah. He doesn't miss. Yeah. So as they, opposed to Georgiades. As opposed to Georgiades, he's got all over the shop. Yeah. But um, Toddy Marshall I like. And I'm going to tip Port Adelaide just because I think they've got a bit of forward structure. I'll pick you up on something there. So you're saying it's good. In round one, they beat Brisbane. Mm. All going one way. I'm not going to use the term downhill scares. Yeah. But did they, turn their, did, they, no, did. did they turn their toes up? When it got harder against Collingwood, there was that one passage of play. I think Horn Francis stopped chasing. Yep. Like what, what is it? What is I don't it? think anyone gives up, but it's very easy to not give your best effort when you're down and you've been beaten by a side. Yep. And it's round two. And yeah. It's a big game against Collingwood at the MCG. Mm. Is it alarm bells ringing for Ken Hinckley? And he'd be right into him this week. Yeah. yeah that, that can't happen again. Um, if it did happen again this week, then mass changes after that. What do you think, Stevie? Yeah, I, I agree. I think. Port Adelaide must win this game. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is the first time I've really thought, you know, Kenny deserves the, the pressure, massive pressure. He's got to get that mentality, the, the, the mindset shift of that player wanting to chase down to the very last mm. millisecond Makes to sense. maybe put a bit of contact on that kick that goes inside 50. Yeah. He would have been kicking Horn Francis up his ass this week. Yeah. Yeah. He would be saying, mate, that, that, those two edits there, and yep. everyone's seen them, that can't happen again. Yep. You're a great player, but if yep. you do that again, I'll drop you. Yeah. Going to be a big spotlight on the former no, number one pick at North Melbourne, of course. Next up, we're going to have a look at Melbourne and Sydney. Another massive game. This is In the Back Pocket. Yes, welcome back to In The Back Pocket. Massive day games on Sunday. And it starts with Melbourne versus Sydney, of course. Um, two teams really in premiership mode. Stevie, you're in the Sydney coaches box. Of course, we're at a time where the Swans have actually had the wood over the Ds. They're their bunny in a, in a sense. Yeah, the Swans have. They've won eight of their last nine games against Melbourne at the MCG. So they love getting there, particularly against Melbourne. And I think the, the biggest shift in the Swans over the last probably three or four years is they've, they've added a lot of run to their team. So the likes of McInerney, mm. Goulden, uh, Dylan Stevens, the Lizard, uh, <laughs> they love the big ground. So, um, and they love to move the ball uh, more freely, use the whole width of the MCG rather than being at the MCG, uh, the SCG, which, which is a lot yep. different. I'll ask you a question because you put Lance Franklin 20th on your top yeah. 25. And he wasn't happy. Forwards and he yeah. wasn't happy and he texts you, wow, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would have you brought him back in to play this week knowing that Armadi and Logan kicked nine goals between them and the mm. forward line looked dangerous? You're the coach. Would you bring him back in? Good question. Yeah, I think you have to have Lance Franklin in your team. But I think over the course of the season, they've got to pick their times when he needs to have a rest and those guys need to take control of the uh, of the forward line. And then they've got to be really clear on what 
what works at the end of the year when they're going to be competing in finals mm. because they may have to make a tough decision. decision. Mm. I don't think they will with, with Lance, but time will tell. You feel like the MCG is the perfect ground to play three of them together, though. If it was at the SCG, I wouldn't be playing all three of them together. Yeah, it probably is because they can move, as I said, move the ball off the line. Once they get the ball inside 50, they've got three good key targets, one on the lead, two a little bit deeper. But, um, mm. yeah, he's certainly got to come in this week. If he, if he, if he didn't play him this week, I, I guarantee you he would be filthy mm. and you might lose him a little bit. Uh, you know, horse might lose it's, him a little bit. It's a good question. Can you, One of the greatest players we've seen, can you tell him to rest or sit out, essentially, for two kids? I think that could become a bit of a story as the year develops. Melbourne got the kick in the pants from Brisbane last week. Maybe Simon Gooden will be thinking that that's a nice little early sort of um, knock to keep them sharp throughout the year. Finally, over in the West, it's Fremantle versus West Coast. Gee, we talked about the Bulldogs being disappointing, uh, Brownie. Fremantle right up there as well, beaten by North Melbourne last week. Pressure just yep. starting to really bubble along there for Justin Longmore. Well, it is because everything's been going along swimmingly for Justin Longmore. Yeah. It takes over. He's got a defensive game plan and things are working well. So the number one defensive side for the best part of the first 17 or 18 weeks last year yep. fell away yep. a little bit late. So there's been no question marks asked. And you come into this round now and you're looking at two games where St Kilda and North Melbourne they've lost two. You would have said Freeman will start 2-0. No way. Then yeah. they've got West mm. Coast. They're going to be 3-0 after a derby at home. Yep. Our season is set up. All of a sudden, there's big question marks about their game plan, mm. about their forward structure, yep. about their Ruck, midfield, the where rucks. they're playing, the rucks. Yep. There's more questions than answers at the moment. Yep. And it'll be under the pump. He's got a bit of time, obviously. But how do they fix their goal-scoring issues? I don't, do they send Brennan Cox forward? Mm. Do they, I mean, even, they went forward last week with O'Meara. I'm not sure that's sustainable. So yep. I don't see where they kick their goals. West Coast are a big chance to beat them. Mm. Moving the ball a little bit more quickly, it seems, West Coast, David. Yeah, they uh, they played you know, really well last week against the Giants. So yep. it was good to see them get a bit of joy because it's been a tough, yes. a tough period for them. Third win in their past 28 games, I think, so not a lot of joy for Adam Simpson lately. They were back on the winners list last week. Right, that was all uh, quite serious. Let's have some fun with Stevie A or Stevie Nay. Stevie J just grabbing his, <laughs> grabbing his buttons. Ah, uh, the magic of television. Uh, how good. You kick us off, Brownie. Okay, so we've just seen an article about Clayton Oliver, who was questioned about how fat he was yeah. when he was a young kid by Kenny Beetson at the draft camp, and he mm -hmm. wasn't happy about it. So is it okay to question an AFL player now? We've seen Stringer being questioned by Kane Corns. We saw West Coast get questioned last, last year about potentially being... Is it okay to question someone's body shape? Y-E-S, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it is. I think these guys, uh, they're professional athletes. They get paid a lot of money and they need to look after themselves. You know, they need to be professional in the way they go about it to get the best out of their football, to help their team uh, be successful because there's a lot of money put into footy clubs, not just um, in terms of the players, but it's everyone around the club that looks after them. So... Definitely. I'm pretty sure in the last Just don't game, get into the ex-players. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure in the last uh, game of um, Clayton Oliver's draft year, he was playing for Richmond's VFL team. 18 recruiters from every club all there uh, to watch him play. I'm pretty sure he popped in and had six nuggets and a uh, large thick shake just before his game. That was his breakfast meal. So he's tuned up <laughs> and, and he probably He probably had 40 and kicked two as well. Yes. Well, very spell <laughs> pick five to Melbourne, I'm pretty sure. Right, Ben, a bit of commentary about Dylan Shield, Ben. Uh, not bad to start the season, but he's, he's been knocked over a 
couple of times. Steve, man, he's stayed on the on the ground. I'm just wondering whether Dylan Shield, um, guard midfielder, but he's just putting a bit of mayo on some of these knocks that he's copping. Um, am I being harsh there? No. no, I don't think you're being harsh. I mean, Dill's a, Dill's a good fellow. I spent a couple of years with him at the Giants, and, um, and he's in good form. Yep. But Dill, get up. You're on notice. <laughs> I've been to the last two games. He's gone down like a soccer player, <laughs> and he's been down. I thought, geez, that's, that's got to be that's got to be season ending. Yes. <laughs> two minutes later, he's back running around getting a handball received. Lazarus. Lazarus. <laughs> so uh, you're on notice, still. Oh, very good. Very uh, tough player, of course. Now, been a bit of chat about the Collingwood cheer squad. Yeah. Uh, Brownie and Stevie. Uh, I think Craig McRae said the Magpies cheer squad um, was the loudest, or best, or most. Passionate in the competition, um, just on the other side of the coin. There are they the, the worst um, in the in the competition from an opposition fan's perspective. Uh, 100%. Yes. <laughs> well, it's probably not one hundred percent. If you've been over the west uh, or over South Australia, Adelaide, they, they get yes. pretty yeah. parochial. What's the word? Parochial. Yeah, that's good <laughs> over there. But yes. um, yeah, I certainly did learn a few things about my mum when I went down to the, uh, <laughs> the Pont Road end with the Collingwood cheer squad. I didn't know she was capable of. So um, it's good fun. You actually get you get a bit yep. of a laugh before the game sometimes if you take it the right way. What about we're in a sanitised world at the moment? Mm. Is it okay to get jabbed to go out and play? Not the COVID jab. I'm more talking about um, getting yourself up if you're pain injured. Yeah. Painkillers yeah. in the ankle, in the groin. Is it okay? Yeah. I said yes. Yes, it is, but one part of me is saying no because I know uh, with the concussion is a big issue and everyone's talking about that. But my biggest worry as an ex-footballer is actually the uh, the toll that uh, the game has taken on my body just with day-to-day life. I mean, my knees um, stuffed, you, my hands don't operate like they should. Um, I can't say that my ankles, because that was when I jumped off a pub. Self-inflicted, Stevie. But, um, yeah, it, it, all parts of your body um, for ex-players, I mean, it just, yeah, as I said, day-to-day life becomes difficult. So, and, and that's on the back of playing games of footy mm. when you otherwise wouldn't. It's just the, so, the, the, the jungle just uh, gets you up. Quick question. How many pain-killing jabs do you reckon you've both had over your careers? Uh, I would have had, had over 100. More than 100 jabs. Yeah, definitely. You got a sore ankle or a sore hip. You have got to get back out there. Hundred jabs. So yep. multiple in a game as well. Uh, yeah, I would say that on a hundred occasions, I had at least one jab. Oh my but, god, um, that's a lot. Yeah, but then too, some, sometimes it's up sure. to four jabs in a game. You know, mm. you might be. Two, you I'd be a little bit less than that. I'd be around maybe sixty to sixty-five. My last two years had a lot in my groin. Halftime, pre-game during training to try and get through. So um, mine were late, but yep. yeah, a lot. But you, cho- you choose to do that because you want to play. Yeah, sounds like a lot to me. Like, clearly a lot tougher than I am. Hey, for this next one, let's take a listen. We've got a late Breaking change. News. Yeah, late Ooh. change here, Brownie. Uh, it's a big one for Essendon. Sam Wiedemann is out with a toe issue and Massimo D'Ambrosio is in. I like the Massimo. Bombers. I like him. He kicks it well. Yeah, but they, they don't like um, no Jake Stringer. They don't have Peter Wright. Sam Wiedemann played a big role, so they're really going to lean on Sam Draper forward mm. today. That's right, with big Harry Jones. That's right. This made me think of eating a curry. Massabam curry. That's what you get on a Triple M Sunday run. Good. Are you just always hungry? Or? It's just the I basic stuff that's funny sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that, 
I, you know, that wasn't pre-planned or anything. I was just sort of thinking, mm. what's Jay going on? A bit of news, okay, <laughs> I can sort of switch off. And I heard <laughs> Marcel Valma thought, oh, wouldn't mind a curry. <laughs> oh, dumplings and curries. Oh, that's fantastic. That's been Stevie A or Stevie Nay. Yes, very good, Stevie. Hey, Brownie, uh, fair to say you come unstuck on Freya last week with a 20% play. I did. I did. So I tried to get a 20% play every week, um, and I thought the free man would have been a lock. Sydney were clearly a lock. I got the 20. So the kitty mm. is back to zero. Mm. We're so done. That's it. Start. We're done. Round two. How many weeks off before you fire us back up again? You need a uh, week's break. And... I'm just going to have to yeah. talk to the, uh, the, the, the CEO of Sports Bet <laughs> to see if I can reload. Yes. What about your $100 play for you, boys? Uh, last week, I got mine up, so uh, I did really well. Uh, Brisbane in Melbourne over 170. Well I'll tell you what, the last 10 minutes helped me. So if they didn't come back on, yes. they, they didn't get up. Sydney 40 plus, and my kitty is $449 ahead of someone else's kitty. <laughs> I was a little bit stiff there, Jay. I thought Fremantle were locks, as did Nath, and uh, they let me down. Maybe that yep. free kick on the siren, he could have gone back and kicked it, and that, that yep. would have, I would have been a thousand up if what that... What are your uh, bets this week? Uh, well, have we got a graphic? Well, I'm going easy. I'm going the first two games. I'm going to go. That's yours up, Stevie. Yeah, I've gone Brisbane, Collingwood, yep. and Port Adelaide. I think they're all certainties that will uh, return over $3. Well, I'm going to go just Brisbane and Collingwood. Yep. So pretty simple one, $2.15 because I'm already in the lead, so I don't need to go as hard as you. So Brisbane, Collingwood for me. Very good. Nice little top us, top up for us uh, throughout the oh, week. What? That was close, it was wasn't it? Very good, boys. You've been absolutely fantastic. We'll see you next week on In the Back Pocket, proudly brought to you by Sportsbed. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website.